Hey there, thank you so much for listening to our Big Time Talker podcast. We're everywhere now, wherever you get your podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Apple iTunes, Blog Talk Radio. Listen and subscribe. New episodes drop every Tuesday morning. I'm Burke Allen in our studios here in Washington, D.C. And the Big Time Talker is brought to you by SpeakerMatch.com, the world's largest online speakers bureau. If you're a platform speaker or maybe you're a meeting planner looking for a speaker, find one another at SpeakerMatch.com. Well, it's one of the most anticipated movies of the summer. The new Elvis biopic is now in theaters. Austin Butler plays the king of rock and roll. Tom Hanks cast against type as Colonel Tom Parker, Elvis's manager. And today we're talking to one of America's best known Elvis tribute artists. Chris McDonald has been portraying the king live on stages big and small for decades now. He's even played at Graceland. I've had the incredible opportunity to see Chris do his thing. And uh, if you are a fan of the king of rock and roll, Chris McDonald really delivers. Chris, welcome to the Big Time Talker podcast. Thanks for being here. Well, thank you very much for having me. So this has to be a, a big thing for you and your career as an Elvis tribute artist with this movie. Do you expect this to, to put some wind under your sails and, and take you to bigger and better things? Yes, absolutely. You know, it's it's what's nice about this is it actually uh, tells the story of uh, Elvis's earlier career uh, when uh, you know when he was uh, the rebel rocker and scaring scaring the establishment to death. Uh, you know, during that time frame and, and other parts of the story that a lot of people that uh, are either casual Elvis fans or maybe uh, not even Elvis fans at all. You know, the uh, newer demographic and newer generation. I think this is actually going to expose how cool Elvis was and uh, how multi-layered uh, his career and uh, his uh, and and what he gave pop culture and, and music uh, and how he brought actually brought people together, races together. Uh, with the music and and uh, you know it was a, it was a big deal. It was a big deal that maybe some people don't know about. Uh, they, some people may only know about kind of what's, what occurs with with things with uh, you know the later years of his career. You know towards the end of his career, you know they may not know about the early part of it. And that's what this movie actually kind of spans the whole career. And it's done very wonderfully. The the Baz Luhrmann is a wonderful director. He's a big Elvis fan. Uh, Austin too, and he he basically presents a uh, vivid picture using. Uh, if you're an Elvis fan, some of the some of the imagery from the from the photos that uh, are well known photos, uh, some well known videos, and certain things that people are going to recognize that they actually you know were able to copy that look. Um, and Baz Luhrmann's wife uh, Catherine is the set designer and costume designer. So it was like a really family situation where they really took care in creating a uh, depiction of, uh, you know, kind of the, the, the whole rise of the uh, uh, shy, humble country boy to the king of rock and roll. Uh, really wonderful film. And it's definitely going to create interest in uh, all demos, uh, you know, different age groups. So you're going to get kids that are going to see it because there's a mixture of today's artist in the music that's layered into it. Uh, so it was very, very intelligent way to do it, uh, and uh, I'm excited. Uh, I think it's going to bring the interest to to Elvis's music and and that story, you know, that all-American uh, story uh, of the rise 
and uh, the you know the effects that Elvis gave. Uh, I think I told you we we spoke before, and I, I think I told you that uh, John Lennon actually from the you know the Beatles said before Elvis there was nothing. Right. So uh, you know that tells you right there that you know Elvis without Elvis. Um, the the music that was played predominantly by the black musicians, rhythm and blues, and and uh, a fusion of rhythm, blues, gospel, and country, is what Elvis did, because he was from that whole poor Mississippi Delta area. He was actually in that environment, and then when he hit that scene with Sam Phillips, Sam said, "Man, this is a white kid that sings sings like a black kid." <laughs> so it was a whole different kind of a sound, and it really scared the heck out of everybody. Sure. And uh, that's why you got that famous thing when they cut him off at the waist on the Ed Sullivan show. They thought he moved way too much, you know. And and uh, that's what that's what uh, this kind of story right here is, is is you know people that were there during that time, people in the '50s, '60s, and '70s, they may know about this, but people today need to know about what he did and and how much he changed the, the landscape for for other artists after him. Chris McDonald, our guest on the Big Time Talker podcast. He's on tour all over the country, uh, including July 10th at Theater West Virginia, part of the beautiful New River Gorge National Park and Preserve uh, in West Virginia. And tickets for that show are, are on sale so you can see this tribute to Elvis Under the Stars with Chris and find out more at theaterwestvirginia.org. Hey, um, do you remember as a kid, Chris, the, the first time that that you sort of became aware of Elvis Presley? Is there sort of one moment? My mom. Your mom. Yeah. yeah. My mama. My mama. My mom. My mama. Whatever you want to call her. <laughs> she was the one who got me into the music. I, I uh, uh, you know, he was gone before I could see him. But what happened is she was such a fan. I mean, she would, she, she would play Blue Christmas in July, you know, for one thing. So, <laughs> you know, she would, she, she, would, she would start playing the music. So I heard it around, uh, you know, the, the house. And then she would, as a tiny little kid, she, I mean, she'd put me down in front of the TV set and we'd watch a lot of the old movies they would show on Saturday and Sunday afternoons on TV. And, right. you know, we'd watch the beach movies, the scary movies. Then the Elvis movies would come on. And literally, he, he would beat up the bad guy, he'd win the race. And he had beautiful girls in bikinis chasing him. It sounded like a great gig, you know, even for <laughs> just a little kid. You know, you know Elvis, Elvis was it. <laughs> he was cool. You know, that's that's really what got me into the music. He was cool. And then kind of as I as I grew up, you know, I, I really appreciated the music. I started studying the history of it. You know, I got really got into the history of the music and the other influences, you know, the people around the time there, Jerry Lee Lewis and Johnny Cash and Carl Perkins and Little Richard and and B.B. King and, and, and uh, you know, Fats Down, all those artists around that time frame that really changed the course of popular music. I mean, before that, it was, uh, you know, Pat Boone and, uh, you know, and uh, Perry Como and, and, you know, all that kind of stuff. And, and, and it really changed that whole landscape. And again, the, the reference with the Beatles. So um, I kind of got into it as a, as a fan, and I learned this stuff. I learned the music. I learned the moves. I learned, you know, what Elvis, you know, the persona and that kind of stuff. I kind of learned that as a child. And when you learn things as a child, you learn with a child's heart. Right. And that's kind of what's become a part of me. You know, it's just a very strong appreciation for the music. And, and, the, and Elvis fans are fantastic. And uh, they they truly love the music, and uh, and I and I believe that you know that we can entertain non Elvis fans and and casual Elvis fans too because, you know it's a live band show. I've got a I got the four piece band with me. It's rock and roll, 
you know, I, I have a good time with it. I, I have fun doing what I do. I'm actually, you know, deliver the music, the memories of Elvis. I talk about the history of the of, of what he did during the show. Uh, hand out some scarves and lays and Hawaiian lays. You know, do some of the movie songs, and, and basically bring you on a journey from the the early '50s look to the movie look to the black leather '68. Even though this is July and outside. I'm not sure how many songs will last in it without melting, but uh, I'll do my best. And then I I change into that white fringe and do the 70s concert stuff. So it's a a whole story. And that's that's really what uh, people uh, should should uh, get involved with. It's it's it really is an incredible story of of the king of rock and roll. And that's that's how we we present it as as a fun tribute uh, where you can bring the whole family out and the music. And, uh, you know, smile. You know, it's about smiling. That's what it's all about, having a good time. Chris McDonald, my buddy, is a, uh, an Elvis tribute artist, one of the best known in America, has performed with, with some folks that are very close to Elvis and sort of has that stamp of approval from Elvis Presley Enterprises. Um, how old were you when, when you did it the first time? And, and can you kind of paint that picture of, were you nervous the first time you went out and you did an Elvis Presley song? Did that happen when you're in elementary school, when you're in high school? When did you do it for the first time? Yeah, it basically happened kind of, uh, yeah, I guess I did a little bit in school. <laughs> in, a, in a classroom, I would I would uh, cut into, you know, like blue suede shoes or something like that, <laughs> just, just for fun. And, and, and believe it or not, it actually, the girls did like it, even though it wasn't, you know, it's <laughs> it's one of those things where, where uh, I, I guess the animation of it and, you know, having fun with it, that kind of work. And then uh, just getting started right after, after school, I kind of fell into it where I had the opportunity to work with uh, uh, a radio station, an oldies radio station. And uh, they kind of liked what I was doing and uh, really embraced it and uh, had me start doing a bunch of uh, car shows and, you know, uh, that kind of stuff. And, and, uh, you know, I was a kid doing it, and and I guess that's what uh, they thought was pretty pretty interesting. Also, you know, someone liking it, liking that kind of music. Uh, and then I was able to get material, and and uh, you know, had some uh, had some work under me. And uh, Elvis Presley Enterprises uh, said, "Hey, you want to come to Graceland and do some shows?" And uh, I ended up doing uh, seven years for them at the uh, Heartbreak Hotel every wow. January for the birthday tribute, and then every August for the Memorial Week, and um, you know, great, great time performing for Elvis fans from all over the world that came in and truly appreciate the music. And, and I got chills every every moment. And, uh, you know, it's one of those things. And I was then I was able to perform with the original Jordan Ayers and DJ Fontana. Uh, I've done many shows with them, including a big show at the Hard Rock Live um, Auditorium, you know, um, uh, and big theater. And it's that is something else to, to be performing, you know, songs even don't be cruel and, and, uh, you know, are you lonesome tonight? And, and, uh, blue suede shoes, Harper, and then actually have those people there singing with you and playing with you. Um, the people that are with Elvis and then the stories that are able to tell me backstage and about different things. And, and, uh, truly a, a blessing to be able to, to do something like that. The Jordanaires are actually, uh, have, uh, most of them have passed away. Uh, Ray Walker, the bass singer, is still alive, but uh, we lost uh, Gordon, uh, the leader of the group. Uh, but I actually got to play with them, and DJ Fontana also passed, passed away uh, uh, just a couple years back, and he uh, 
he was a legend, the original drummer, DJ Fontana. He's the guy that made that, uh, him and uh, Scotty Moore, um, the producer came in when they were doing Jailhouse Rock, and uh, the producer said, hey, you know something, we want to go ahead and have this song sound like, like a Chang gang, so, you know, breaking rock, something like that. And he says, you know, is there anything you guys can do? So they started playing around, and they started going back and forth, and the producer came running back in, and he said, that's it, that's it, go ahead and do that, do that. And they looked at him and said, do what? <laughs> you know, because they didn't know what they were doing. It was, it, it, was all, it, it was all brand new. You know, rock and roll was brand new. They were creating all this stuff. And I guarantee you, if anyone hears the beginning of Jailhouse Rock, you know what's coming. That's right. Uh, and and DJ iconic. was a part of that. DJ was a part of that, the drummer and, and Scotty Moore. So Scotty Moore and DJ, they're all up there in rock and roll heaven with Elvis. But um, the honor of playing with those uh, gentlemen is uh, is, uh, is something I'll never forget. Chris McDonald, our guest today, his tribute to Elvis uh, is on tour all over the country this summer, buoyed no doubt by the big Elvis film by Baz Luhrmann that uh, is now in theaters. And if you want to see him under the stars, uh, Chris and his band will perform their tribute to Elvis at Theater West Virginia at the Cliffside Amphitheater, part of the brand new New River Gorge National River Park and Preserve in uh, West Virginia, just outside Beckley. That show is July 10th at uh, 7.30 and tickets are available at theaterwestvirginia.org. What is it, as, as somebody who's done this for a long time, Chris, and has been so closely associated with Elvis Presley, what is it you think about him that you know makes him still so relevant all these years after his passing? You know, it, it, it's almost a, he, he, a mythological thing. Can you put it into words what you think it is that makes him so relevant even today? Well, one simple thing is he was cool. <laughs> so, <laughs> I mean, yeah, it, that's true. That is, you know, there's there's nothing, you know, but for what he he also, I mean, he had in fashion. I mean, he was wearing stuff that was even in the early fifties. It was, you know, it was definitely different. Um, he moved differently uh, early on, and he and he created that whole kind of you know sexuality fused with uh, energy level and. Uh, the, the the whole time frame. I mean, he had actually uh, three decades, you know, 50s, 60s, and 70s. Right. And he did over 900 songs, 900 songs. And of course, the movies. Now he was a triple threat. He was an actor. Uh, you know, he was a singer. He was a dancer. You know, he actually did all of it. And he did this again from that point of being uh, just a, a shy, humble country boy to start off with um, in the early 50s when television first. So there was golden age of television and everything lined up together. Colonel Parker, who was a carny kind of guy, but he knew how to market. He was just, he, he, he with Elvis at the time that, that he came out just really worked. You know, he took 50% of everything the guy made, which, you know, wasn't, it was a little, you know, shifty in certain areas, of course, but when it came to actually what he did promotion wise, um, that whole relationship between the promoter and the artist and, and marketing and, and uh, creating, you know, merchandise, all that stuff he did first. You know, this is all stuff that people do now all the time. Right. You know, they do everything now. So he was the first at everything. The fact that he was the first and he, uh, he, he was in three decades of, of material, including movies and everything else, he has kind of burned his 
um, pop culture iconic status into our memory. I mean, this this is not just for U.S. though. And you you say Elvis anywhere in the world. I think even off planet, you know who Elvis is. You're right. Um, you know, just just from from just the iconic imagery uh, that's out there. And uh, if you look at the body of music, the number one hits that he had, and how many recordings he sold, and is still selling. Uh, it's just uh, it's something that I believe is going to go on to the next millennium. And with this film, this Elvis movie, again, it actually is going to kind of show some of the stuff that maybe people have forgotten about. You know, the newer generation, you know, the later generation, maybe they, they think they know Elvis, but all they know about is maybe just the 70s. Elvis or the or the Elvises that are that are that have performed the weddings in Vegas, you know that's not what Elvis was. That that's not what Elvis was. Elvis was about being scary. Elvis was about going against the establishment, uh, creating rock and roll. You know, doing something different, moving, showing how sexy he could be, showing how um, you know what it is to actually be a star. You know, and and. He became an actor, and believe it or not, some of those some of those films he knew himself were just formulas. But the early pictures, like Jailhouse Rock and King Creole, you know, some of those films. You take a look at that man. He was he was doing some James Dean kind of stuff. He was he was Marlon Brando. He was he was really strong. So there's indelible images that we have of this guy that uh, uh, show you what it is to be a rock and roll icon. And anybody that's ever put on a guitar after him. Wanted to be Elvis. And there's Chris no McDonald. Doubt about it. I mean, you got to do it. You get to do it on a nightly basis. Chris McDonald, by the way, one of America's best known Elvis tribute artists and uh, on tour this summer. We're talking about the new Elvis movie starring Austin Butler. How did he do? Uh, I know you got an armchair quarterback he, a little bit because you do he, it. So he, how did he, he, he did fantastic. See, the, the, way, the way it's done for this film is he didn't want to go with a, a, tri a tribute actor, an impersonator or something you know, like that. They wanted to go with an actor that actually can go ahead and, and go into that part of it uh, where, where uh, he's going to be using his acting ability. And he did fantastic. He really did. It was nice to see he had uh, the, the, that ability itself as, as an actor, as you know, he studied, he, he really took the time to, to uh, feel something. You could tell he became a fan. If he wasn't before, he became a fan. And he also showed the humanity of Elvis. See, Elvis was an icon, but he was a human being also. Elvis used to say, um, the image is one thing and the human being is another. And it's always hard to live up to an image. And Elvis made plenty of mistakes during his, his lifetime. And he, and he ended his life at, at 42, too young. He got uh, involved with the... Uh, you know, the medications, prescribed pills for, for staying awake, you know, waking up, staying awake. He got into a vicious cycle towards the end of his, uh, towards the end of his life and, and uh, wasn't able to come out of it. Uh, you know, he didn't, they didn't really have that Betty Ford clinic and, you know, all that rehab stuff that all kinds of artists do now when they get in trouble. He right. was, you know, people kept him working. And, and that's what this film shows that, you know, the, the Colonel Parker and, 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 People around him. Remember, he Elvis made money for everybody around him. They were all part of that. So there's all kinds of deep layers in this film. Uh, it shows all the wonderful stuff, and it shows the stuff that was sad. And that's truly what makes uh, an American 
uh, tragic hero. And, and that's what Elvis actually was. You know, he, he definitely left us way too soon, but he left a mark. He was a, he was a star that burned bright. And, uh, you know, that's, that's what came with this. And I think that's what's portrayed uh, Austin. Austin sings a few of the early 50s songs, and then they had Elvis doing the, the, the 60s and 70s, where you actually, you know, uh, that he lip sank to that. Right. But he sang right. a few of those early 50s songs. He did wonderful. And he was truly, you know, I really he gave some humanity to to him, and and uh, you know, the, you you can't it can't look exactly like Elvis. I mean, every, if everybody wants you to, you know, just be Elvis there, then you know, watch an Elvis movie. <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know that there's a point there's a point that you you have to allow the um, someone to remind you of Elvis, and right. and through that through that act and through the portrayal of the music. And through the movements, and again, what they did for the stage, uh, the actual uh, sets, set design, um, and everything involved. They actually took iconic moments from his life that fans will recognize, you know, certain stage settings, certain history, television experiences, certain looks. Uh, Baz Luhrmann's uh, uh, wife, uh, Catherine, was a set designer and costume designer. And again, so it became like a family, and they really are Elvis fans. So that impeccable look at the vision of it, the whole visionary look of it, plus uh, uh, the Elvis music that's in it and the performance uh, of uh, Austin, it all works together to create a really uh, wonderful, wonderful film You know, for everybody to go ahead and, and move Elvis into the next generation. There's no doubt about it. It was a gutsy move, I thought, to cast Tom Hanks totally against type as Colonel Tom Parker, um, uh, you know, who much has been made of down through the years. As you said, he, he took 50% sure. of everything Elvis made. You know, Tom Hanks primarily yeah. always plays the good guy. How about that casting choice? What did you think? He he was wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. He, he, he you know, they had, of course, prosthetics, and they made him, you know, to, to look much different. Right. But he really showed the genius of Colonel Tom, you know, but he also was able to show manipulation part of it, which was there, you know, as a manager. And, and he also showed the dynamics uh, extremely well. I mean, there was a, a love and sometimes hate relationship, you know, that uh, occurred because they were so close for so many years. Um, but yeah, they, they they showed you know he he showed the sinister side and then he showed also the genius side about recognizing what this guy Elvis this this kid could could be and what he could do you know and and uh, again it was all about timing life is about timing and timing was there now early television all those legs moving you know his legs moving around and doing stuff that people weren't expecting. Right, playing right. more or less, uh, you know, music that was predominantly rhythm and blues played by black artists, and he was a white kid. So all of it came together when they tried to put him on television, and then he he did some incredible stuff. They'll show you in the movie about the the, the hound dog and how uh, it drove the censors crazy, and then the next thing you know, Elvis gets cut off at the waist on the Ed Sullivan Show, which backfired. You know, <laughs> when, oh, yeah. you, when you. And and the kids know you're cutting them off at the waist because he's moving too much. It's like you you, you set the world on fire, and that's what they did. So uh, everything just came together at the right place. And he uh, 
they he, they they flew. They just flew with it. You know, they just took off. And uh, I guess this is that's a, a, it's a it's a wonderful story. So you you go out and you do these performances like you'll do for Theater West Virginia at that outdoor amphitheater, the Coastside Amphitheater. You do these all over the country all the time. You've done it for a long time um, as a tribute artist, a tribute to Elvis. And there's a, a real point of delineation between what you do as a tribute artist and an impersonator. And I, I think sometimes it gets muddied in the eyes of the public. So lay that out yes. what, in your mind what's the difference between what you do versus what an impersonator does well a lot of times an impersonator they go so far over the top with the presentation it becomes a caricature right it's more of a um and they they say they're elvis you know during the i mean they, they don't break that character see you know with, with austin he was playing elvis so he was in character and he was acting you know right. that's a that's a whole different thing when you're playing that part. It's like uh, uh, they did with the uh, uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. You know he he became the part, and it's different when you're doing a film. But you know the impersonators a lot of times they'll go to the part of being you know an over the over the top with a look and a caricature, and they go a little bit over. I I feel with the tribute the way I do the tribute, it's a fusion of of uh, the music and the uh, persona and also, uh, it's done as a as uh, it's it's basically done as a, a a situation where you're where you're singing naturally. I'm not over the top with the way I do the tribute, and it's right. naturally close to vocals. The image is going to remind you of Elvis, but I don't want to make it look like a caricature. You know, I don't want to look like a comic book comic book version. It's not the uh, the uh, Vegas Wedding Chapel version, you know, what I mean, it's not that kind of a thing, and and you know, I tell you the story of the career from the '50s through the '70s and talk about what Elvis did. Like in this particular song, they cut him off at the waist, so don't look at me, you know. You know that we, we there's references, you know, there's there's references to what he did, and I mean, I'll talk about the movies, what's you know what this was from, and then talk about the black leather and how you know how uh, there's a song that uh, was done specifically for the special after after uh, Elvis had heard Martin Luther King had passed, you know, was, was actually assassinated. So they do the song, If I Can Dream, you know, at the end of the, uh, the 68 comeback as a, as a special song of hope. So, you know, there's little bits and historical pieces that I put in during the show and then, you know, bringing that, that story to it. So it's a little bit, you know, impersonators, that's not what they're actually doing. They're, they're staying in character completely and going over the top with stuff. And that's really not what I do. And I, and I found that um, people enjoy that kind of a thing where it's, it's uh, you know, it's more from the heart. It's, it's definitely more from the heart. And it gives a little bit more of a personal uh, tribute, you know, personal uh, view. And uh, that's why I call it Memories of Elvis. When, um, when you're out doing these shows, and, and I've seen you do your show, there have to be some nutty things that happen with the audience, some crazy things or things that you have seen. And I wonder, is, is there one memory that stands out above all others of, of either an amazing moment when you're doing the Memories of Elvis show or just some nutty thing that you didn't expect to happen? <laughs> there's quite, there's quite a few. There's, there's a, well, there's a, 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 a really nice, interesting thing too that happened uh, when I was doing the performance there in, in, in Memphis yeah. Um, 
I actually also did a show uh, over at the uh, Peabody Place, uh, uh, kind of a, a center that they had over there near the uh, hotel. Sure. And I was doing a sound check during the day, um, just singing. Uh, I didn't have the band with me. I just had some, tra- you know, the tracks, uh, just the music tracks. And I was singing uh, Can't Help Falling in Love for the sound check. And a lady, really nice, pretty lady, older lady, and had like a track suit with a lot of nice jewelry on and everything came up and, and, and asked me, are you lip syncing? And I said, no, no, I'm singing live. I have a show here later. And uh, she said, well, I, th- I thought I, I thought there was Elvis. I said, well, I appreciate that. Thank you. You know, thank you very much. I'm glad you're, you like it. Please come back. And she goes, no, I mean, I should know. And I said, oh, okay. She goes, yeah, I'm, I'm, I was his mother-in-law. And, and you know, so I'm thinking, oh, okay. So lady thinks she's Priscilla's mother. <laughs> so, you know, wow. and um, in reality, uh, I said, okay, well, thank you. You know, thank you very much. And, and I looked at her. I mean, she looked familiar and she looked like she could be but you know you never know when you're doing these things so i went ahead and i was able to call uh graceland and call the office and ask if if she was around and they said yeah she's actually staying at the peabody hotel get out of so, here it was really <laughs> <mom>. <laughs> yeah 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 so it, it was a nice little reference there for you know for performing and and uh wow. so that was fun and then you get the strange stuff that happens during the show and and you know there's people of all ages because you do get you know you do get undergarments thrown at you and and, and uh you know all different sizes <laughs> and uh you know that that's that that happens and and uh you know i uh, i said look kid here's somebody threw their backpack you know some of them are bigger than <laughs> anyway so uh uh you know it, it, it it's one of those things you never know what you're going to get and uh and then this one lady a very sweet wonderful older lady walking up there with a cane and she came up to me. I kind of got down in front of the stage there, and she came up to me and and wanted to to go ahead and 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 say something. So uh, she started saying, "If I was just a, uh, you know, 50 years younger or something, you know, yeah." She started saying like that, and I said, "I really couldn't hear her." And she goes, "Oh, wait a second. Lady pulled her teeth out. <laughs> oh, ah, ah, <laughs> lady, lady, lady pulled her teeth out, and 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 she, she goes, oh, I talk better like this.' And I'm thinking, oh, you know, and I I, I backed up real quick. <laughs> that's the it's a whole different kind then, of show. The show takes a whole different direction at that point. It's a whole different direction. And I started uh, saying, well, th- you know, thank you very much. Of course, the audience is cracking up, and <laughs> you know, it's just and and there's there, there's there's. Uh, awkward moments and there's uh there's uh, beautiful moments of people you know crying during a during a song they remember a special moment in their life too so it's like you know you get the whole thing of a live event and uh i love live i love that kind of situation because the audience gives me material so i'm able to actually uh have fun and i do the the the, the, the music and also make sure the audience knows that i'm there for them and, and and that's what it's about. You have a uh, a favorite. You talked about the Elvis movies and and the early ones, King Creole and JLS Rock. You had a a favorite Elvis film of all of them. There were thirty some, I think, thirty three, thirty four. Yeah. yeah, I mean, I love well, the lot the uh, the live ones towards you know the that's the way it is. Yeah, you yeah. want to see an incredible. Uh, the Elvis on tour is wonderful too, but the that's the way it is caught him at such an. Uh, uh, incredible time it was like right after that 68 comeback so 69 and 70 he was actually offered the uh international hotel when it was first built which was the las vegas hilton now um he was offered uh and it's cut changed his name since then but he was offered the international hotel the big showroom 
and uh, the, he was getting ready with rehearsals. And then they they show rehearsals and they show the the live performances, and nervous he was, you know, coming back to live performance after doing that six day comeback. I mean, that was the first thing he had done in like you know, ten or twelve, ten ten years. And um, this actually shows him being nervous and shows the energy. And then when he hit the stage, it's incredible. So it's a great live concert film. If you ever get to see that, that's the way it is. I mean, fantastic stuff. Uh, that's one of my favorites. And then the early stuff has to be uh, big favorites, you know, Jailhouse Rock, King Creole, um, Blue Hawaii was, was fun. You know, one of those kind of fun movies. Right. And uh, there's, there's, a, there's a bunch. I mean, if you're an Elvis fan, you'd say it's hard. It's like picking your, your favorite kid, you know, <laughs> something like that, you know, same, same thing deal with, with songs. songs. I mean, it's, Is it, yeah, you say, same thing with the song. It's tough to have a favorite, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah. Song, you know, I love doing Suspicious Minds and, and uh, early stuff, you know, from from uh, uh, All Shook Up, Don't Be Cruel, you know, all those songs. And then movie songs, that's what really got me into the music. You know, I love doing a lot of the movie songs. Return to Sender, Viva Las Vegas, and, you know, all those songs are great. And of course, uh, you know, some of the songs that he covered of other artists, I, I really enjoy doing uh, songs like My Way, which was originally a, uh, a Frank Sinatra song, of course. Right. But Elvis really put his own stamp on it, and it's a and it's a very beautiful song, and having to be my my grandfather's favorite song. So uh, he's no longer with us, and so it's a, you know it's a special song for me to perform. And if you hear some of those uh, uh, those songs that that Elvis really puts emotion into, like "If I Could Dream" from the '68 special, or yes. "Kentucky Rain," uh, yes. or "In the Ghetto," I mean, he really uh, he puts a stamp on it like few other vocalists. There's just something special. In the in the way he would deliver those songs, yeah, we actually do those songs, and we'll be doing those songs coming up at the show in West Virginia. We're going to be doing the show there. So, in the ghetto, um, written by Mac Davis, uh, that is a song that uh, uh, he really wanted to do because it showed a uh, you know an understanding of uh, things that were happening and how we all have to be a part of helping and. Uh, he definitely was a part of that. And Kentucky Rain, Eddie Rabbit song. Yep. Eddie Rabbit wrote that before Eddie Rabbit's career was uh, off and running. So a great, great song and uh, emotional song. If I Could Dream, as we talked about, that song right now, I think today that song even works even better today. Um, it's a song of hope. And uh, after what we've been through as a, as a planet um, and what we're still going through, if I Can Dream is, is, a, is a very hopeful, beautiful song. And uh, we'll be doing that too. Chris McDonald, thank you for your time today. Thanks for giving us the inside skinny on the new Elvis movie. And uh, look for Chris McDonald on tour all summer long, all year long, including July 10th at the uh, Cliffside Amphitheater, this beautiful amphitheater under the stars in West Virginia, part of the New River Gorge National Park and Preserve. Uh, that shows July 10th. Tickets are on sale now at theaterwestvirginia.org. Hey, Chris, if folks want to find out more about you, what's the best website for them to visit? Uh, they can go directly to, uh, um, to make it easier, they can go to uh, chriselvis.com, C-H-R-I-S-E-L-V-I-S.com. I can go to that website, and uh, there's information about the show and all kinds of uh, stuff there. Also, uh, we have a fan page, uh, Chris McDonald, Memories of Elvis in Concert fan page on Facebook. And if you want to go to Instagram, it's uh, Chris Mac Elvis at Chris Mac Elvis. 
Very good. Thank you, sir. That's Chris McDonald, my buddy and one of America's leading Elvis tribute artists. Catch him on tour, visit him online. Thank you for listening to our Big Time Talker podcast. Thank you, speakermatch.com for sponsoring the show. Burke Allen here. Wherever you go, whatever you do, go out and make it a great day. Thanks for listening. Bye, everybody. <laughs>